And it was through that journey I actually discovered that my own money had been invested in the weapons being used in some of the conflicts I'd actually worked in. And, um, you know, it was just this incredible realisation and, and realising that even in Australia, so many of the funds that are called responsible or green um, are not truly ethical. So I was really motivated to start exploring what it could look like to use this, you know, enormous pool of capital for good. Hi, I'm Vicky Saunders. Welcome to SheEO.World, a podcast about women who are working on the world's to-do list. On this podcast, you'll meet women who are transforming systems and committed to creating a more equitable world. Welcome, Christina Hobbs from Verb Super. It's amazing to have you here today. Thanks so much for having me. So you have such an awesome story uh, about why you started this company. So tell us a little bit about Verb Super and where it started. So um, Verb Super is Australia's first superannuation fund that's tailored for women and it's led by women. And superannuation is a bit like the 401k in the US, but it's compulsory. So if you're working in Australia, um, for almost all employees, your employer has to put 9.5% of your salary into a separate fund that you're not allowed to touch until you retire. And so the purpose of Verve was to start a fund that really acted as a partner for women for life, um, to support them to build wealth, um, but also use this incredible pool of capital. So in Australia, these superannuation funds now own more than half of our stock exchange. Um, so the idea was really to use this enormous pool of capital in Australia, women here hold over a trillion dollars in super, um, to invest it in ethical companies, doing the right thing by women, our communities and our planet, and excitingly to also use some of that, that money to invest in impact investments that also support women. And so do you come from a finance background? Has this been a passion of yours for a long time? What's the backstory? So I started my career working in Deloitte for a couple of years and then had a complete spin out one day, just what am I doing, wearing a suit every day, just completely like one of those moments. And I ended up being really lucky and um, took a year off to go and work with the UN overseas in Nepal for a year. And I was working as an economist and I thought this was sort of going to be a year off my corporate job to go and do some wonderful trekking and some interesting work. Um, but it ended up being a 10 year long career change, um, which led me into doing ultimately um, cash programming in humanitarian and development context. So it was really at a time when the whole development um, ecosystem was moving from giving people things like food or blankets and medicine and shelter to saying, hey, if markets are functioning, let's give people cash because we trust them to work it out themselves. Um, but it was an industry that was full of logisticians and, and no finance people. So I was really had this wonderful opportunity to be at the forefront of somebody with a finance background to work in setting up these emergency cash transfer programs. Um, and then also using cash through programs like microfinance to support um, women and communities um, in, in safer and more steady context. So that took me everywhere from working in Somalia during the famine to um, Syria during the conflict. And really I spent the last six years working um, around that conflict. So in Iraq, Jordan, Lebanon and Turkey as well. Wow. And then, and then how that led into Verve, so to really answer the question, because um, probably some people are still scratching their heads, but um, it was really two things. So one of it was that um, I started to see all these wonderful initiatives that were happening overseas with women and, 
um, and finance and, and we're seeing amazing cooperatives popping up and like these really great um, opportunities. But then I was looking back at Australia where we still have a huge, um, you know, really significant issues relating to women's access to finance and we're not seeing any, any kind of modernisation or, or innovation. And then the second thing really was one day I'd come back to Australia and my mother had collected all these letters from different superannuation funds that I'd accumulated over the years that I'd, as I'd gone from one sort of casual job to the other. And she sort of sat me down and said, okay, like you need to sort this out. I don't want this paperwork coming to the house anymore. We need to put them all into one fund. And I called up, um, I called up the, one of the funds and I was talking through like the different options they had for investment. And they mentioned that they had a, a responsible investment option. And so I was asking them about, okay, what, what does that mean? And they said, oh, you know, we don't invest in things like um, gambling and, and tobacco. And I was like, what? Um, and so then I became really interested in like, well, what, what are all these other things investing in? And it was through that journey, I actually discovered that my own money had been invested in the weapons being used in some of the conflicts I'd actually worked in. And, um, you know, it was just this incredible realisation and, and realising that even in Australia, so many of the funds that are called responsible or green um, and not truly ethical. So I was really motivated to start exploring what it could look like to use this, you know, enormous pool of capital for good. That's amazing. I mean, I, we continue to see over and over, like all of our CEO ventures have some kind of life experience thing that's like, how is this even possible, right? Asking that unique question uh, from our perspective. One's like, oh yeah, that's just the way it is. That's what mm. happens with annuation. And you're like, no, thank you. So you went down the rabbit hole looking um, at how everyone else was doing it. And what made you go, you know, say, I have to solve this? What was there an aha? Was there a moment? Was it just a series of like, this is crazy? I think I'd um I'd always sort of wanted to have my own business. And I think, you know, I was somebody that was like, one day I'm gonna get this great idea. And suddenly I was just like, oh my God, like this is just a huge need that needs addressing and no one's addressing it. And then largely, I'll just say it was naivety because, um, you know, I, I, I called up my co-founder. Uh, no, I called up um, one of the women I wanted to work with me who had a background I knew in superannuation, was really passionate about women's economic equality. And she sort of jumped on straight away. And we started Googling women's financial coaches in Australia and went through about 20 before I called, who's now our third co-founder, Zoe. And she was sort of gardening in her rose bush and, um, and she said, and she, you know, we had this conversation on the phone. We never met each other. And she said, oh, I was thinking of starting a women's bank, actually. And so she sort of came on board. But, but after we, we launched and in the process of launching, we actually had probably about, you know, 50 to 100 people contacting us saying, we've been thinking about doing this as well. Um, in fact, there was, a, there was a time when we were getting more people contacting us, telling us <laughs> that they'd thought about it and could they be involved than actually members. Um, but, you know, I think it was in a way that naivety of um, because I hadn't worked directly in the superannuation sector. So I didn't know all of the challenges. Um, and I think that a lot of the people that had thought about the idea before were quite in the system. And um, it is really challenging to set up a financial institution. These are the most heavily regulated financial institutions in Australia because they're looking after people's retirement savings. Um, so it is really complex. So I think it was a little bit of um, probably naivety as well as passion that got me over the line. I love that. I mean, that's uh, one of my favorite things too, is thank God for the naivete on a lot of these things, right? It's like, oh, how hard could it be? It just doesn't make any yeah. sense that it's done. And then you're like, oh, banks have a bunch of rules. <laughs> these funds have a lot of rules. So 
how did you get started and, and tell us a little bit, just some of the highlights on the way to where you are now and then where you want to go. Yeah, so it was sort of about six months of um, work to just see if, if this is going to be possible. And, and that required getting, jumping through different regulatory hurdles, um, bringing different partners on board who had the expertise and really just seeing if we could get it off the ground. And for a fee that would be, you know, fair and offer something really good in the market for our members, because what we didn't want to do is sort of launch something and, and actually sort of women to be worse off because they've gone into like a specialised women's fund. So we sort of really needed to, to work out, could we push it? Could we squeeze so that we can, you know, really kind of come into the market with a competitive product? So um, that was sort of the initial get go. And then it was raising a small amount of capital to, to get us off the ground. And I had no idea what that meant, who to go to. And so at the time I secured $100,000, which just seemed like so much money to me. I was like, this is fantastic. Off we go. And of course that barely covered the legal fees. <laughs> so, you know, we ended up sort of launching with a product and, um, you know, it was only us three working on the fund. It was me and Alex full-time and, and Zoe part-time because she, she has two children. And so we were, you know, and it was us two when we got sort of a friend of a friend to develop us this really rickety um, website and you know we did our own PR launch and 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 off we went and you know it was for a long time I think almost the first year it was us answering the phone calls us um, managing people's insurance us doing trying to do PR us trying to do Facebook ads as well so that was really the first year of the business and I remember that first year was largely just like what have I got myself into and, you know, probably made the mistake, or not the mistake, but I think, you know, really not sort of understanding how to access capital and not being looped, looped into the ecosystem also just meant that individually I put a lot of my own money into business, which became this whole other stress on itself. So those first sort of year and a half, year, year and a half was really, was really challenging. Then I sort of got a bit more looped into the ecosystem. We were able to bring on, um, you know, a small amount of additional investment and then we were sort of off on our on our journey and able to hire some staff. Awesome. And then, so the first 18 months, like what was your growth for signing up people? And like, what did it look like having to acquire people to join in? Yeah, we had a really brilliant sort of first couple of months, which was amazing because we still had a small um, marketing budget left. So we were using that and, and, you know, we really got some some good, strong traction. And then we just really quickly ran out of money, which just kind of then led to sort of two or three months of um, just sort of desperately trying to scramble around. But like once we got funds again and we were able to, to go out of market, we had really strong traction and we, and we have continued to since. And, and really the, what has worked just exceptionally well for us is that even from day one, when we got our first 10 members, we knew that those 10 members were already off telling their friends about the product. And so the reason that we have been successful is just because so many of our members and community members do tell their friends about us, which means that, you know, we've been able to really focus the budget that we have on serving our members and, and doing a whole lot of things like free financial coaching and events and webinars rather than, you know, spending all of that money just on marketing. That's so great. Yeah. And we were so excited when you applied to CEO. Uh, and made the semifinals. And then, uh, so tell us a little bit about your CEO journey and, and what point that came in your business uh, and what impact it's had. Yeah, it came in a really critical time for us. We were at a really sort of 
capital crunch time for us. So we were in between raises. Um, we were really tight on cash flow. And we heard about CEO and we actually didn't know much about it. So we were like, oh, great, we can, we can borrow some money. Let's go. And so that was really our, um, you know, why we joined CEO. And then it was sort of once we got in, we discovered that it was so much more and it was this whole amazing network of support, mentorship. We've, um, you know, since we, we got through, um, we've been able to have one-on-one um, coaching sessions with the CEO coach, MJ. It's just been amazing. So it was this really sort of interesting experience of really kind of getting in and then really having the whole, um, you know, program and network open up. And, and, you know, I think it's just so incredibly powerful and it's, it's been really wonderful experience for us. Well, I'm, I'm very hopeful that all of our activators in Australia will become members uh, of Verve Super, which would be amazing. And I, tell us a little bit where you are now and, and what the future looks like, where you're going and what do you need? Yeah, so we've just brought on um, an amazing group of women investors. We had a CEO activated join as well in the round, which was amazing. And so we're now really looking forward to, you know, really stepping up our growth. We And then we're also really looking from the investment side as well. So we're, we'll be launching this quarter a gender index, which means that it's like an index that we'll be using to actually rank companies based on how they perform on different gender diversity and inclusion criteria and then we'll actually be investing in those companies so we did some modeling on this what this index would look like and we we did some back modeling and actually showed that it was performing better than one of the current indexes that we're invested in so we're really excited to see where that goes Um, I think it'll be the first time it's ever been done in Australia for a, a superannuation product or a public finance product I think similarly with our impact investing, the environment in Australia for impact opportunities that are gender focused is still pretty small, but I'm really excited about the fact that we're now in the market. And so because we're here, we're able to generate those opportunities as well. So people are coming to us and saying, I've got an idea for, you know, a a housing based product for elderly single women. This is what it could look like. Is this something you would invest in? And, you know, just because we're now, we're, we're in Australia and we've got um, a significant amount of funds under management, um, people are starting to think more about what the opportunities are, which I think is so exciting. So for us, it's really just growing um, the fund, you know, looking at those investment opportunities and then really ramping up our um, financial coaching as well. So um, hoping to bring more tech in into that as well to really enable our members to, to learn the basics that they need to manage their money well. Well, and it's so exciting to, to start to control some of that wealth uh, in like larger numbers to, to be able to influence local markets and to support the kinds of uh, ideas that really are going to have an outsized impact in the mm. and socially sustainable space, I would imagine. Yeah, I think it's really, it's really exciting and definitely it feels like being on the forefront of, of something new. So I think that's a really, it's a really wonderful space to be in. So in terms of where you're going, what would you like this to look like next? What's, what is the big sort of like next hill to climb for you? Yeah, I think for us, it's really shifting from, you know, really going into the mainstream. So it's really taking Verve, I think, as an organisation, you know, we've been around for two years, we've got a really dedicated group of members, but I think for us, it's really shifting into the mainstream. So really being able to, to grow the fund, but, you know, also from an, an impact side as well, I think. Um, you know, we would like to be able to reach over a million women in Australia with our free financial coaching resources. I think that would be an incredible goal to hit. Uh, we know there's just such a demand for information, but more importantly, that 
that coaching support. So really um, what we see in Australia is this huge gap in, in women wanting to access professional financial support, but not being able to because of the cost barrier or because of the, the trust barrier. So we would also really like to see Verve as being the number one destination in Australia that, that women go to to manage their wealth. And I think if we achieve that, I would, I would feel a great sense of satisfaction. That would be so huge because I know that like one of the biggest uh, problems that are out there uh, in our existing models and wealth advisors are worried about this all over the world is the first thing that women do when they inherit money is change their financial advisor, right? Because they're really looking for that kind of advice and support. And so I think to, to get that um, financial acumen out in the marketplace uh, in ways that resonate with women is just a massive opportunity. So I'm really excited for your business as well. Thank you. Yeah, I think it's great, great time. Thank you so much, Christina, for all you're doing. Uh, how can people find you in the world? They can head to vervesuper.com.au to check out Verve. Um, we're also on Instagram or I'm on LinkedIn as well, which is Christina Hobbs. Great. Every woman in Australia, superannuation, go to Verve Super. Uh, we'll put this uh, information in the show notes and we hope that you grow to your million women as soon as possible. And thank you so much for your leadership. It's important that the world has this and we hope you'll be a model for all other countries. Great. Thank you so much, Vicky. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the CEO.world podcast. Please leave a review, share with a friend, and subscribe on your favorite podcast player. We invite you to join a global community of radically generous women building a $1 billion perpetual fund to support women working on the world's to-do list. Invest in women and invest in yourself at CEO.world.